Welcome to episode three of season two of Maxology. Max Weinswag here with Brian Penzak. Brian, how you doing, my friend? Excellent as always. How are you, Max? Good, good. Guys, I wanted to say thank you. Last week, we broke our record. I'm Will. I hope you're listening. We broke our record. We hit 789 listeners. 789. Guys, it's, I, for all those of you listening, this is kind of kind of incredible. Brian, I don't know if you expected that, but I, I don't know if I did, but this is kind of that's pretty sick. It's, I'm not gonna lie. I did not uh, expect that. If it's, for those 789 people listening to, to us, I mean, listen, whatever you're doing with your life, man, I'm glad you're giving 30 minutes of it to listen <laughs> to us because we really appreciate it. And we have a great time, and I hope you have the same great time listening. I wanted to start off today's show talking about something called uh, routines. And essentially, as a college student, it's really hard to develop a solid routine. <laughs> it's, it's probably the hardest thing. Every day is so different. You know, when you're working in the work field, my, my dad kind of has the same same thing every day. He wakes up, drives to work, works, goes home. And I kind of don't ever have the same thing going on every day. Do you, Brian? Absolutely not. So I have I have one one day, like Tuesday, Thursday, I have 8 a.m.s. And Monday, Wednesday, my first class is until like 2. And on Wednesday, one of my classes ends at 9. So and it's tough my sleep schedule is all over the place, it's and hard then everything it's, else is revolved around that. So it's like ever changing because not only is Monday you you like to think that your Monday through Friday is kind of the same, but then Saturday yeah. Sunday always different. You know whether it's <sighs> now now if you're doing nothing on weekends you're right, but for me during the fall at least it's Saturday is like my day to chill, and then something could happen go go out Saturday night, and then Sundays always wake up watch football, you know procrastinate procrastinate the work till Sunday night. But Monday through Friday, you have this set schedule of classes, and I find it really hard to essentially get work done in between classes. So if I have like a three-hour break from like a 9 a.m. to a 12 o'clock, chances are I'm not really doing much, and I really should be. And it's not until after that 12 o'clock class where I'm actually thinking like, oh, what did I do today? Right. You know, what do I need to do to, for tomorrow? See, what will happen with me is like, say it's like, you know, 10 o'clock at night, I'll be like, all right, this is the list of shit I have to do tomorrow. And I'll go to bed being like, I'm going to do this tomorrow in between classes. And then I get to in between classes, and what actually happens is I just sit in a chair and spin around for about an hour. (laughs) So usually my work tends to pile up, but it hasn't let me down thus far. So we're we're doing okay. (laughs) And it's hard. I think the hardest part for me is figuring out when I need to do things. It's like, when do I intuitively think, like, if I have a test coming up, when do I start studying? If I have a project to do, when do I start doing the project? And it's not until that deadline that hits you. It's like, wow, I need to get this done really quick. I feel like night before is usually usually fine. But for some things, you really got to start early. If you have a major pro, like a, like a 15-page paper, and I know people can bam out 15 pages in one night, but if there's a 15-page paper, I got to get at least seven or eight done before three days in advance. I, I mean, if to. it's a research paper, then yeah, but I haven't had any of those yet, so... But I wanted to give everybody kind of a sense of my day, and Brian, you can too, because I think ours will be a little bit different. So I wake up for um, for every every single... about two, Every Tuesday, Thursday, I wake up about 6 a.m., and I'll check my social media, so I'll go on my phone, I'll look at what's going on in the world, get my news for the day, go to the bathroom, 
And I'll actually uh, shower. I don't know if you do this. I'll shower before I brush my teeth, wash my face. I'll do all that fir- uh, shower first and then brush my teeth, do all that. And then if I need to shave, I'll do that actually in the shower. I don't know why, but I think it's easier for me to shave in the shower. I know I don't have a mirror, but I just do that. It's just kind of what it is. Uh, after that, I always, I don't know, what. what's your first article of clothing you put on first? Um, well, usually I just put on a shirt that I'm going to wear the next day, the night before, so pants. Okay, so I always put on underwear first, no matter what. Okay, I shower at night. I do, I do most of my, my like... Housekeeping stuff in there. I have this like irrational fear if like I'm just gonna walk out from my bathroom if I don't have my boxers on after I get out I'm just gonna have like this like there's gonna be like 10 people in my room somehow and they're just gonna see me naked So I always have to put on boxers first. Yeah, just I just bring clothes into the bathroom with me yeah. and Granted my bathroom is not connected to the room, but like What why would there be 10 what? <laughs> I don't know. It's complicated. What? <laughs> I just what I think about like what if my door was like unlocked and people just come in If you're telling me you've never thought about like oh if I exit this bathroom uh, what could happen? I mean, like, I've had the thought before, but it's also one of those things, like, on the off chance that happens, then at least you get a good story out of it. That's true. That's fair. I, yeah. <laughs> like, you could be like, yeah, I was showering, and I walk out, and there's just ten people in my room, and they're just staring at my dog, and it's like, <laughs> okay, that's a little strange, but, like, at least I can look back on that fondly. That's true. That's a good story to keep for your grandchildren. Yeah, um, oh, I'm sure my grandchildren <laughs> would love to hear about the time ten random college people saw my dick. <laughs> so, so that's, after that, I get all my, all the rest of my clothes, I'll put uh, the books I need in my backpack, I'll drive to school, and I'll go to class. After class is, like, kind of kind of hard for me because I don't know if I want to get food or if I want to keep, essentially, just keep doing work. Normally, I get food because I'm real hungry after class. You know, listening to someone for an hour, 15 minutes kind of makes you hungry for some reason, especially if you've been eating before. Uh, I'm not a breakfast guy. I don't eat breakfast. Oh, breakfast is a move. So I, I tend to never eat breakfast. I know a lot of people stand by breakfast being the most important meal. I just don't get hungry, really. Because all my all your receptors are off when you're sleeping, and I for some reason think I'm too tired still in the morning. Yeah, if you eat breakfast, it's kind of one of those things that's like, all right, the day whether I like it or not, the day started, so I'm up. And so that was so that's essentially getting into lunch. Lunch I kind of eat small. I kind of only get like a couple pieces of chicken, couple like like breast chicken breast and some salad, and always have fruit. Fruit gives me the energy to keep me going. Maybe some coffee if I need to. I'm not really a big fan of caffeine though. After that, go to my other class. Uh, this is where my, my day kind of changes a lot. So something happens where I'm either going to be, because I have a break between classes. If I'm either going to be working a lot, or if I do nothing, or if I watch something, I, I get stuck on YouTube a lot on my phone. If I, I'm like, I deleted YouTube because if, of that. If I'm like going, if I'm like an ISAT, which is one of the buildings on campus, if I'm an ISAT and I'm on the chair on the bench, it is so hard for me to get work done. I just go on my phone. Like, I need to really just eliminate my phone, because even when I put it on Do Not Disturb, it still doesn't work. Do you, do you find yourself on your phone a lot throughout the day? Like, like during, like when you're on campus. When I'm on campus, I honestly, I try to use my phone as little as possible. Like, if, if I have free time, I would prefer to sit somewhere and do absolutely nothing than scroll through my phone, because at least, like, then I can say that, like, I'm meditating or something and doing something productive. Whereas, like, if I'm on my phone, that's literally just wasted time. Right, and we'll we'll talk about this soon. Essentially, phone habits. I'm not good at it, but there's more things we can do now to kind of get ourselves off the phone, and I really need to start doing it. Nevertheless, that essentially goes into the later part of the day. Dinner. I eat a huge dinner. I mean, I'm talking four or five plates. Dinner is important. Dinner. I mean, I'm I'm ready because that's probably why I don't eat breakfast is because I've had like four meals in one in dinner, 
After that, uh, more of the same kinda. At nighttime, I tend to really hang out with friends though. Nighttime is kind of the way just to chill, unwind, unless I'm doing some work. I do a lot of my work at night, but most of the time it's to hit up some friends' time and just de-stress from the day if anything happens stressful in the day. So that's my routine. Brian, what's yours? Um, I don't really have much of a routine. I have like a general mental checklist of things I have to do each day. So like, you know. When do you make that checklist? Do you do it the day before? Oh, or it's, when not, you it's, not, it's not like a written down thing. It's just kind of like, here's some things I need to get done to feel like a productive member of society. And typically that's like, you know. But you don't keep it on I, that. You don't keep that anywhere. You just think about it. Yeah. It's just like, okay, I, I need a shower. I need to brush my teeth and I need to be wearing clothes that were not worn for the previous 24 hours. That's what, but you don't, so, you don't think to yourself. You don't say that to yourself. I mean, it's not you like I wake. It. It's, yeah, it's not like I wake up and I'm like, all right, time, time to, to brush my teeth. Time to put on new underwear. It's like I just do it. But it's my my whole routine thing is just like you know, there's classes and then in between that, if I have stuff to do, I try and get it done or I let it pile up till later. And then it's like, oh, crap, why did I do that? But it all kind of just balances out eventually, and everything gets done. So. I feel like my life would be a lot more productive with a routine, but every time I try to make one and stick to one, it's like, I feel like an insane person. Right. Because right. it's like, I'm used to just like, kind of go with the flow, whereas like, if I have things that are already structured, like, then that's just this imaginary barrier that I'm creating for myself for no reason other than to say I have a structure, and it just, it messes with my head. Yeah. So I don't like to do it. And, and we'll touch on this a little bit later after the guest comes on, but essentially, uh, routines matter a lot, and... and I'm going to talk about it with the guest. His name is Corey. He's going to come on the show, and, and we're going to talk about it a lot. Uh, with that being said, routines are really important, I think, just to not not like every day you're planning it, every moment of every hour what to do, but at least to know what you want to get done throughout the day. At least go into the day thinking, hey, I need to get this done. Like one thing, major, like just cross it yeah. off the board. Because if you don't have anything that you're really goal, like you don't have any goals that you're thinking. You might not know, oh, my goal for today is I'm going to write the best notes I ever have. But if you just do that anyways, you know, then you can cross it off the board. With all that being said, I'm going to bring on my guest for today's show. All right, and here he is, the guest of the show, closest friend at JMU, Corey Friedman. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, let me just say I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, real quick, let me just give a quick shout out to where I'm from. I'm from the beautiful Garden State of Jackson, New Jersey. Shout out to all my friends and family back home. Awesome. So speaking of Jersey, a lot of people give it some hate when Jersey Shore came out. People were like, is this <laughs> all of Jersey? So I wanted you to tell me from someone who lives in Jersey what you like about it, what you don't like about it, and like, what would you say to someone who's like, hey, like... Should I move to Jersey? All right, so real quick, let's touch on this. All right, so what I like about New Jersey, uh, where I live, uh, I'm, I'm from central New Jersey. Uh, if anybody knows where that is, good luck trying to explain that to anybody else from New Jersey because they just don't believe it exists. Um, but yeah, so like I was saying, I'm, I'm from central New Jersey, so essentially I'm literally 15 minutes from about four different beaches, uh, 15 to a half an hour. And to me, that's one of the greatest things that anybody can ask for. Um, I'm a big beach guy. I like laying out in the sun, you know, getting my tan on. But um, something I don't like about New Jersey is like the people. The, the people. some of the people, some of the people <laughs> do stink, Venus, uh, Brian. I, I will not lie about that. Some of the people do stink. But uh, the most part, the the one thing that I really don't like is the rap New Jersey gets. Everybody hates on New Jersey. Everyone says it's the armpit. It smells. We got bad water. They do and, say that. And I just want to make <laughs> make something clear. I've said that many times. <laughs> <laughs> we have great water. 
And uh, <laughs> the people, you know, they may not be the nicest, but, uh, you know, if you ever do need something, I'm sure somebody will help you out. But to people that want to move there, I would just say pick somewhere by the beach. You, you really can't go wrong. So do you get, is the, I assume it gets real cold when it's winter and real warm when it's summer? Oh, yeah. So that's another thing. Everybody, so we're in Virginia now. Everybody tells me, like, oh, how are you cold? You're from the north. It gets way colder. Yes and no. It gets cold there, like, you know, 30, 20 degrees, but it's not, we're not in a valley, so it's really not that bad. And the same thing with the summertime. I mean, it gets hot, you know, just like anywhere else, but it's not like blistering heat where you're uncomfortable outside. Sweet. Okay, so there's one staple of Jersey that I want to talk about, or just New York, New Jersey area in general, and it's the food and specifically the pizza. So, so here in, in Harrisonburg, Essentially, we don't have great pizza, right. and, and you would probably agree with that the most because you're used to good pizza. Right. So, what's your favorite place in Jersey to get pizza, and what to you makes a good pizza? Ooh, so that's a really tough question, Max. One of the, alright, so my favorite place to eat pizza, easily, like hands down, is Brooklyn Square. They have three locations in New Jersey. Uh, I worked for two of those locations, and like I said, they, they make some of the best pizza I've ever had in my life. Um, what makes a good pizza to me, it's all about the sauce, man. I could care less about the crust, I'd care less about the cheese, it's all about the sauce. You know, that that is the key component to making a good pizza. You gotta have that sweet sauce that's not too runny, that's not too dry, you know what I'm saying? So you're not like a spicier guy? You like it kind of sweeter? I mean, you know, that's a good question because I don't really know. I don't really have like a favorite, you know, type of blended sauces mm, or anything yes. like that. But <laughs> sauce is definitely important when you're talking about pizza, and that's hands down. Okay, so moving to a different sort of area... So for those of you who don't know, Corey is really good at video games. Like, probably the best, I would say, best all-around video gamer in terms of um, sports, shooting games, third-person or first-person. And last year, it was last year when kind of, like, it kind of went off. Like, video games kind of took its course. More specifically, like, this game called Fortnite. And for those of you who don't know, it's essentially... A battle royale type game, and you can explain more of it, Corey, but basically, yeah, you kind of drop in with 99 other people, and you kind of just survive to the death, and you get your guns as you go by killing people or fighting them along the way. And so that game is free, and you can download it now, and essentially just took off. Everybody would start playing it. And I wanted to ask you, Corey, with this whole esports coming in, first of all, how do you think it originally like kind of took off? And then second of all... In your opinion, like, how would you describe, like, to people who don't know is necessarily what, like, esports are? So, uh, I think, you know, to start what really kicked off esports and, like, you know, video gaming uh, streamers and everything like that, I mean, we have to give credit to Ninja. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows who Ninja is, but uh, he, uh, he's been streaming for, I think, like, 12 or some odd years now. And uh, started off with Halo, and then, like Max was talking about, Fortnite. Classic game. Yeah, oh, Halo Very is a good. beautiful game. Don't so, even get me started on so that. So streaming, for those of you who don't know, essentially it's like oh, yeah. you can go on this website called Twitch, and there's other, you can go on YouTube also. Essentially just people who record themselves playing the game in front of uh, an audience that they have, like in their uh, computer there's a chat, there's like a, a server you can go on in the computers uh, and on the website, and you can talk to the guy playing the game. You just essentially watch like someone who's really good at a video game playing their video game. Exactly, and and uh, I, I don't think I could have said that any better. So essentially, I'll just give you the layout real quick of like what a chat or like a Twitch stream would look like. So essentially, you know, if you're going on to Twitch to watch one of your favorite streamers, you load up this stream, you'd have the video of him having some gameplay up, maybe a little face cam action, and then to the right side of that would have a little chat, and uh, depending on if that streamer, you know, is open to having other people uh, chat in that chat, 
they can turn it off, turn it on, depending on whether or not they're sub subscribed to them or not. But going back to our question about how esports really came about, I really just like Ninja by far started that just because he was the highest grossest paid streamer in Twitch. I believe that was from 28, 2018 to 2019. And then even this year, he's partnered with Adidas and whatnot. And he's really shed some light to that video game community. And I really think esports from, you know, last from even last year going forward, um, like you said, last year was huge for esports. And I really think the entire community is going to change going forward. So when you think of essentially of these professional, I guess, video game, uh, I don't know what you call them. Professional but gamers. Professional gamers. Sure. So <laughs> they talk about esports and there's tournaments and there's like, you can win a lot of money doing yes, these tournaments. So I'm like, what's like for Ninja, I guess. And I don't, I don't expect you to know the exact number, but he would give an estimate about like how much he makes, or like maybe not like per stream, but like per week or per month. Like, how does that whole rundown go? Yeah. So last year I streamed for, so last year I streamed for a little bit, and also the year before that. And uh, you know, while I was doing that, I was always interested in you know who's making money, how are they making money, and you know how much money they're making. So going back to our example with Ninja, um, I think at last year at some point in like. Every month he was racking in, you know, half a grand from subscriptions, from his advertisement deals, from his, um, what is it called when somebody, oh, sponsorships, there you go, his sponsorships, and also his social appearances. You said half a grand? Yeah, half a grand. That's, if you, that's like 500 bucks. Uh, <laughs> you are right, you are right. Half a mil. How's that? Oh, sound? okay. Yeah, okay. That that's sound? a lot more impressive. Yeah, like, how's that? Sound? I, was like, yeah. I was like, I mean, half a grand is nice, but like, I can make that work in a Jersey Mike's. Like, I don't need to do all that other shit. This has been $500,000 has <laughs> okay. been defined now. Okay. Okay. Continue. So, yeah. So, and I mean, like, that's just him. You know, there's other streamers that make, you know, not, not even close to that. But, you know, from when I started streaming and I looked at that, I was like, damn, you know, I could really make some money here. But, you know, unfortunately, I had to stop my stream because I had to focus on school. But anyway, going back to our topic here, yeah, there's there's an enormous amount of money to be made just because of the outreach of these um, streaming platforms and also how much money that could be put into this to these streamers by advertisements, sponsorships, and all that good stuff. So as someone who's played the game a lot, or any, I guess, any video game essentially, when you think about people who have made all this money, and you can watch them. And people give this kind of description of people who say, like, oh, esports isn't a real sport. They're literally not moving at all. And so, and I wonder, like, what do you have to say to those people who are like, they're not moving, they're not putting in any energy, there's no strategy. Like, What's your take on all of that? All right, so, I mean, like, you know, obviously esports is nothing like football or basketball or soccer, or, you know, tennis or even baseball. You know, there's there's really no contact. You know, there's not really that you know, that, I don't know. <laughs> my, my thing is, my thing is, you can pitch in here, there's, so when you play any sport, there's always strategy. Absolutely. There has to be a strategy when you go into Fortnite, you're playing as 99, there has to be a way that you can somehow beat your opponent, not just because you got lucky, but there has to be an immense level of skill that people just can't duplicate. Absolutely. And that's, that's where that whole, you know, athlete, sport, is it a sport, athlete, kind of battle conflicts itself right there and i from my point of view i do believe that esports players are athletes i mean they're on teams they're competing they're practicing you know obviously you know they're not on a court they're not on a field but i mean they're in front of a laptop they're in front of a tv screen with their friends gaming hours in for tournaments for the wager matches uh 
if you if nobody knows what wager matches is, it's essentially you just saying, yo, anybody want to play me for X amount of dollars? And then another person saying, yes, I do want to play you for X amount of dollars. And then y'all play. And um, it's not just with Fortnite. You know, you can do this with Madden. You can do this with almost literally any single video game that has a multiplayer uh, competitive edge to it. There's a bunch of RTSs that are like big in Korea. Yeah, like, you know, like Dota. Starcraft, that's a big one. Yeah. They're really into that over there. It's it's really wild when you like see what kind of games uh, are like favored around the world because like you're saying in like where where'd you say it was Korea Korea yeah and a not lot the of the North one they don't, <laughs> they don't they don't really have I don't computers know heard of esports before <laughs> I mean they hear they they hear a very limited amount of things I'm not trying to get on the North Korea watch list by any yeah facts true. <laughs> no, true listen North Korea if you if you sorry Mr. if you if you game out right now you go play that Fortnite you know <laughs> but uh yeah just going back to the topic that you brought up uh it, there's definitely strategy involved without a doubt you know when you're going into a team-based multiplayer you know you got to have a coordinated strike coordinated type of strategy with your teammates in order to be successful in that game and that's like I was talking to you about before. That's where I really think that athlete, that team, that that that's where that plays into effect. Gotcha. So that's an interesting point, and I agree with all that. Earlier, they, they do practice though. My brother was like really into Fortnite for a while, and occasionally I'd like walk into his room to see what he was doing. And there's like a mode that you can just go and build things. Yeah, create. And a he mode. would be seeing how fast he could build a ramp, like a double layered ramp into the sky. One day I was like, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm practicing. I was like, what? Yeah, there's no difference between <laughs> was like, what? Two, there's no difference between lifting weights and and like and like trying to be as fast as you can yeah. for for a track competition than playing as many shooting games as you can just to get better at that one game because you're yeah. practicing exactly and like uh, and like the like the saying goes you know practicing makes perfect you know and that's that's why all these streamers all these gamers are sitting there practicing hours in and hours in you know hundred thieves I don't know if you guys are hip to hundred thieves but there are a bunch of streamers a bunch of vloggers it's a big group of guys. And uh, 100 Thieves just opened a compound over in uh, somewhere on the West Coast with uh, Cash App. And uh, essentially, it's literally just a gaming hub for, you know, future prospects that they're going to bring up, people they're scouting, and also just a place for streamers to hang out, which I think is great. I wanted to ask, because earlier you brought up school and how essentially school conflicted with, uh, you know, video gaming. Yeah, of course. So I wanted to ask you, because earlier in the podcast, we talked about routines. And essentially how there's like a balance with everything we do as people. So I was wondering if you had like a hierarchy of like things that you like sit out for yourself to accomplish and like try to balance it. Because I think that everybody needs to like, you know, like release energy, like have fun while also like studying while also doing like having a hobby. Like what what is your take on like doing things to spread out your time evenly? So that's a really great question because, you know, if you talk to any Anybody who, you know, has an Xbox, has a computer, you know, who plays video games, you know, I wouldn't say a lot, but regularly, it, it, it differs a lot. So, like, I'd say, you know, my schedule consists of, you know, waking up, you know, going to class, do what I got to do, um, hanging out with my friends during the day, and then uh, coming home, getting that homework done, you know, kids, homework is important, definitely <laughs> do that first, and then uh, I like to go to the gym, <sighs> like to eat, hey, ain't nothing wrong with doing homework, man, and practice makes perfect, you know what I'm saying? True. There's tests coming up, True. there's quizzes coming up. True. But yeah, um, you gotta do it. <laughs> but it's, it's unfortunate reality. <laughs> it's all about, like you said, it's all about finding that balance. And I, and at first, you know, my freshman year of college is really, really tough because it was a new, new environment. I had to get acclimated to it, and I had to find a way to divvy up my time to things that I wanted to do. 
And now that I'm a junior, almost a senior now, I feel as if I have a solidified schedule. And, and to me, that's, that's the only thing I could ask for at this point, you know? Are you a morning, like you like to get things done in the morning or night kind of guy? Oh, man. Like, do you, would you rather crunch out things throughout the day so your nights are free or like kind of let it go throughout the day and really crank down at night? See, I, I think... What would you like to say you do? Yeah, what would yeah, you yeah. actually do? The goal would definitely be to get everything done in the morning, but uh, I find myself to be a procrastinator just like almost everybody else in this beautiful country. And, uh, you know, I always set out to be like, all right, I'm going to do my homework as soon as I get home. But, you know, once you once you get home, you know, you change, you get into that bed and it's just nap instantly, you know, <laughs> like without hesitation, you just nap. It's slump time. Absolutely. But I, I mean, I tend to get my uh, my stuff done early afternoon. So that way I have the nights free to hang out with my friends like you guys. I mean, you guys seem pretty cool. Gotcha. <laughs> last last question, because Corey is also really good. I don't know what, but you work at the gentleman's warehouse, and for the gentleman's warehouse is men's warehouse. I'm men's sorry. warehouse. Men's warehouse. <laughs> See, I don't even know that much about it. Uh, they have all these nice suits, clothes, whatever, and you know how to dress well. So if you could give like three, like three needs, and like if you're wearing a suit, if you're wearing a, like a button down, anything like that, like something nice. What are three keys that someone always needs to have? Oh, easy. Um, all right. So first off, I, this is this should be your go-to every single time you go to put on a suit. Um, obviously, make sure it's iron, but that's not even a tip. You know, that's just you know what it is. My first tip would be match your belt with your shoes. That's super important, and a lot of people don't do that. And to me, it just looks foolish because you know you have people wearing black shoes with a brown belt, and that just you know doesn't work well. Um, I also find myself to be um, a person who likes to wear tie bars. And uh, tie bars just go right on your tie, and it holds your tie in place so it doesn't go anywhere. That would be my second tip. Get a tie bar. Um, it's super important. Uh, it'll catch people's eyes, and not only is it flashy, it'll just it'll make your outfit stand out more so than the person next to you. My third tip would be, if you're wearing a suit, get a pocket square. Uh, not many people know about pocket squares. Not many people know about how to fold pocket squares. Super easy. You literally just fold it like a hamburger and you stick it in your pocket and call it a day. And that's just a quick another thing that'll set you apart from the person sitting next to you. Hold up, though. Talk to me. Flannels are the dress shirts of the winter. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You rock a flannel with a suit, you're standing out more than anybody else. Yeah, but that just plays into the whole foolish look. I mean, listen, I don't give a shit. If you can can wear a flannel that rocks with a suit, I respect that. But if you can't, you look like a fool. And especially if you wear a suit. You gotta find the right flannel. (laughs) And especially if you're wearing that bright flannel, you know I mean? You gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. I'm hip to that. But, oh, my God. Yo, extra bonus tip. Wear an undershirt, yo. Nobody wants to see pit stains. Nobody uh, wants to get sweaty. That's where I lack. I never put on the undershirt. Gotta wear an undershirt. Like, It'll geez. change your whole life. Do you it, go like the... It sometimes does help. Do you wear like the tank top or you just wear a shirt? Nah, don't don't wear wife beaters. That that doesn't help you at all. You gotta, you gotta wear a nice, either like a white t-shirt or like a black t-shirt. Something that, depending on the color of your dress shirt, that will be hidden under your dress shirt. Got it. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know... Corey taught me, a lot of other people, but mostly me because I was struggling. I don't wear ties a lot. He taught me how to <laughs> tie a full Windsor knot. Changes your life. Yeah. The full, the half from a, the half to a full, it, it does something else. <laughs> I'm serious. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, if you have any video gaming, pizza, anything about Jersey, and fashion, <laughs> and science, pre-med, I mean, Corey is a is a is a master of all tricks. Hit him up. You have you have anything to promote, Corey? Got an Instagram? You got anything? Yeah, uh, I actually have a ton of stuff. Real quick, I'm gonna shout out my family back home. Love you guys. Love my friends back home. Uh, Snapchat. Um, I'll figure out a way to give that to Max. We'll get that out there. 
Uh, Instagram is Corey Friedman uh, with an unders- underscore, I guess you'd say. So follow me on that. And uh, like I said before, thank you guys for having me on the show. I look forward to where this goes. And real quick, I'd just like to say how proud I am of both of y'all for putting this together. Um, starting from that first episode that I s- not watched, but I listened to. It's amazing to see where you guys have gone, how many viewers you guys have got. So I'm super excited to see where y'all go in the future as well. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Corey. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, so that was a ton of fun. Corey is the man. If you ever get a chance to meet him, get some lunch with him, get some Indian food with him, it's a good time. Um, So with that all being said with Corey, routines, you know, make up who we are. We don't might not realize it, but we all we all got to think about it one way. Something that we do that we don't really think about is how we eat. And it's not really, you know, intuitive what, when we're eating food, like, I don't think a lot of us think, oh, this is really good for me or this is really bad for me. If someone sees a piece of cake, maybe they'll think, oh, I shouldn't eat that. Do they end up eating it? Yeah. So I wanted to tell you guys some tips, not that many tips, but just what I do. I'm not the most perfect person, by the way. When I give out advice, it's just something to think about. Not like you need to do this or something's bad is going to happen, but... Yeah, you know what's crazy? I just This just occurred to me. If we get enough viewers at any given point, that automatically in some ways makes you an expert. I mean, it doesn't, but like... No, I, you, I don't have any accreditation. No, it, it, it I'm, I'm fully aware, but like the way people think and the way... Like, the way <laughs> we are organized as a society is that regardless of your level of education or expertise, the more people that are willing to listen to your bullshit... <laughs> the smarter you are, which is not true, but like it's the way we operate. All anyway, right, that's well, just my tangent. Let me give three bullshit tips real quick, okay? All right. For food, cheeseburger. All right. People think, oh, it's meat. Well, yeah, but you're also putting a bun on top. So you're putting bread on meat. So you're eliminating all the protein. When I say burger, though, I don't mean McDonald's burger. I mean actually like a good, like lean beef, 99% beef burger. Take out the bun, change for it, change it for lettuce. Oh, lettuce wraps are Put solid. a lettuce wrap on your burger. I'm telling you, the flavor's still there. The, the lettuce is going to absorb the juice. Not as well as the bun, but it gets the job done. And then that way, you don't have to put lettuce on your burger anyways, because that's the wrap. So that's my first tip. Second tip, colors. All right. Now, when I, when I say colors, I don't mean add marshmallows to a, to a blondie brownie. I'm talking about if you have essentially pasta which also isn't that great for you to begin with but put some veggies in there put some meats in there put some red peppers put some green peppers some carrots i don't know if you eat carrots and pasta but the peppers for sure get some more stuff into your meal that you can say is like oh this makes this healthier you're still gonna eat the pasta but you'll still reap the benefits of the nutrition in the other vegetables and the other colors moderation if i told you stop eating cake and you add cake once a week that wouldn't work. But what I'm asking you for is try every two to three weeks. Just eat that thing every two to three weeks. That's my three tips to success in eating food to help with your routine. Because at the end of the day, our routine, we're eating three meals a day for the most part. I only eat two because I don't like breakfast. But lunch and dinner, you got to eat that. You got to fit that into your routine. So if you can do a better job of that, maybe you'll reap the benefits of doing everything else better. That's what I got to say about food. You have anything to say about food, Brian? Uh, I'm not exactly a, uh, picture of perfect health, so I don't have much to say about food, but one thing I did for a while that was very useful in terms of getting my diet into a more, like, acceptable 
level was uh, intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. which is like if you just you can kind of eat whatever you want, but like in a very specified time. And it was it was a lot easier than just cutting out a ton of stuff. Got it. Makes sense. So maybe eat a lot of good food in between a certain amount of time, and you'll reap benefits that way too. Oh, also substituting vegetables with like carbs. Like I don't know if you've ever had zoodles, and I know it sounds dumb, but like if you put enough sauce on there, it tastes really good. Zoodles. Yeah, it's like it's like zucchini noodles. Okay, I can vibe with that. Yeah, they're not bad. They're weirdly good. Like I, I you wouldn't expect it, but like. Pretty good. Yeah, so look for those tips and tricks when you're next food shopping at Kroger or your local Martins. Guys, it's been a fun episode. Episode 3 of Season 2. I'm so glad we came this far. 780-plus viewers, thank you so much for listening. For Brian Penzek, I'm Max Weinslag. You'll always get to where you're going by walking away from where you've been, and I'll see everyone next Friday. Savage.